What do the following people have in common? A prolific scholar, generally respected as the leading voice in their field. A Fortune 500 CEO used as a model of leadership in graduate business schools. And an aged and sought-after Tibetan monk who speaks in riddles and mysteries that change people's lives. What do they have in common? The Bible says all of them are fools unless they get moving in the right direction. Because if your quest for wisdom involves simply becoming successful, wealthy, mysterious, knowledgeable, or quotable, you have not grasped God's definition of wisdom. And the book of Proverbs is here to correct your thinking and reshape your life. This week, we begin a new sermon series in the book of Proverbs. If you have one of the church Bibles, we're on page 494. And one of the glorious things about this book of Proverbs is that the first seven verses describe the purpose of the entire book. So we don't need to do a whole lot by way of introducing the book, except to make sure we grasp the definition of wisdom that is laid out right in these opening verses. Because if we fail to grasp this definition, we will misuse everything that comes in the rest of the book. Are you ready? If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, this will be the start of a journey that should occupy you for the rest of your life. There are two main things you need to know about wisdom. You can see them on your outline in the bulletin. Wisdom is a journey, and it takes you in the right direction. That's it. Let me show you from the text. The first Six verses of Proverbs show us that the main thing wisdom is, is a journey. There are five statements that begin with the word to. Listen for those five statements as I read in order to get the whole point of this book. Proverbs 1, 1 through 6. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Now let me briefly walk through these five statements made by Solomon, the king of Israel. The one the Bible calls the wisest man in history before Christ. First, the beginning of verse 2. The proverbs of Solomon are to know 
wisdom and instruction. Solomon, the the king of Israel, says that this book of Proverbs will teach you wisdom and instruction. In other words, this book will take you on a journey of ideas. Wise ideas, instructive ideas. That's the first purpose. But the next purpose statement says that the book, the end of verse 2, is to understand words of insight. So not only will this book give you wise ideas, the beginning of verse 2, but it will also help you to understand wise and insightful words. The end of verse 2. Now the difference between that first thing and the second thing is the difference between having a clear thought and being able to communicate that clear thought by putting it into clear words. For example, statement one means that you know it's a bad idea to trust in yourself. Bad idea. Wisdom. Knowing that's a bad idea. Statement number two means that you could point out specifically when a movie or a TV commercial is trying to get you to trust in yourself. So you don't just have the the right ideas, but you can recognize wise words and foolish words in practice. How often can we get the answers right on a test We have the right ideas, but we fail to recognize those answers in real life. We fail to connect the ideas with the actual words that are spoken and the things that we do. On Sunday morning, I may confess that Jesus rose from the dead, but by Sunday afternoon, I'm already doom-scrolling my way through the news and losing hope of any sort of positive outcome for human history. I fail to connect these things. So this book of Proverbs will give you ideas, good ideas, wise ideas, and the ability to distinguish insightful words from false or foolish words. And the next part of the journey in verse 3 says that Proverbs will give you instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So this book gives you wise ideas and it helps you to recognize wise words and it helps you also to put those things into practice in a wise life that pleases your creator God and his son Jesus Christ. And this will be a life that takes good care of other people because as the end of the verse says, you will have righteousness, which means you're right with God. And you will have justice and equity, which means you're good with other people. You are fair and reasonable. You refuse to play favorites or conceal the truth from others. So already, just in verses 2 and 3, we see some amazing things. Wisdom is all about right thinking, which leads us to recognize when others have right thinking. And then we can get on with right living. This progression really matters. Because how many people today would say 
that there is a vital connection between what they say or discuss in the classroom or the workplace and what they do on Saturday nights. How many would say there's a vital connection between those two things? How many people are there who believe that things like integrity and responsibility apply just as much to their social lives as they do to their professional lives? Your education, your career will train you to think straight, at least about certain things. But how you live typically is really up to you and nobody really cares how you live your life. Many would say that your personal choices don't impact your ability to succeed in your career or your hobbies. So drink up, have fun, explore a range of sexual behaviors. You do you and don't let anybody get in your way. But the Bible says... That what you think matters and what you do matters. You cannot separate the two. And wisdom, in particular the wisdom of Proverbs, will instruct you in both how to think and how to live. And these things matter whether you are 20 years old or 60 years old or 40 years old or four years old. In many fields of study, you have to choose whether to be a theoretician or a practitioner. And in the book of Proverbs, we have a textbook for the union of theory and practice for every department in all walks of life. You need to keep closely connected your right thinking and your right living in order to get where Solomon goes next. You see, you've got those first few statements about wisdom, but this next part of the journey, I think, is what really shakes things up for all sorts of people. What is the book of Proverbs 4? In verse 4, he says, it is to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Think about what he says there. The simple is the ancient Hebrew way of just calling someone inexperienced or the novice. And Solomon says to those of you who are as of yet inexperienced in life that you can learn prudence from this book. Prudence is just another word for wisdom. And to those of you who are young, which refers not just to children or even to teenagers, it also includes young adults. To you who are young, he says, you can get knowledge and discretion from this book. He's talking to many of the people in this room. But it gets even better in verse 5. Let the wise hear this book, and increase in learning. And may the one who understands obtain guidance. See, this verse, verse 5, is just as much for the elders and deacons of our church as it is for the children or the youth. 
This verse is just as much for the elder who leads the preaching team as for anybody else. Do you think you are wise? Have you already found wisdom? Then this verse says, make sure you listen to this book and increase your learning. Do you have some understanding? Have you already been entrusted with leadership and responsibility? Then make sure you let this book of Proverbs give you guidance. Here's what he's saying. Wisdom has nothing to do with how old you are. It has nothing to do with how mature you are as a Christian or an adult or a human. It has nothing to do with how much experience you have or how much money you make or how much education you've received and how many degrees you've earned. Wisdom has nothing to do with how smart you are, how successful you have been. It has nothing to do with how many books you have read or how many pages of the Bible you've read. It has nothing to do with how persuasive you are as a teacher. Wisdom doesn't depend on any of those things. Solomon is not impressed by those things. And when all is said and done, God isn't really impressed by any of them either. According to Proverbs, what wisdom is about, what he cares about, is not where you are. It's not what you've done. All that he cares about, the only thing that he cares about, is where you are going. Is this book of Proverbs going to give you anything? Will you, verse 4, receive what it has to say? Are you, verse 5, growing in wisdom? Are you learning greater prudence? Are you listening and increasing in learning? Are you looking to obtain guidance? Are you moving any closer toward your creator or are you just standing still in your relationship with him? You see, on the scale of godly maturity, if we were to map out who is more or less mature in this church or in the world, wisdom is not a location On that scale, it's not a point on the line. Wisdom is a vector. It's a direction. Wisdom is not something you have. It is something you are seeking. Wisdom is not something you've got. It is something you are getting. Wisdom is not something you are being. It is something you are becoming. In short, wisdom is a journey. Now, before I get to the fifth Two statement in verse 6. Let me first ask, how does all this apply? Well, I have both a comfort and a challenge for you today. I think some of you need comfort. You need to be comforted by this because God's definition of wisdom means that it does not matter where you are right now as a Christian. 
It does not matter how successful you have been in your walk with God. It does not matter if you feel young or weak or foolish or immature or even if you feel like you've wasted the last week of your life. None of this matters as far as wisdom is concerned. All that matters is what you do next. Whether you get moving, whether you take a step one at a time, if you move forward but one step this week in your walk with God, you will be wiser than the person who has been standing still in their walk with God for the last 50 years. Even if that person has been to seminary, gets called reverend or doctor and preaches multiple times a week. This is your comfort, that it takes only one step to become wise. And the Word of God offers you tremendous comfort and encouragement as you get moving. And children, I would really like you to hear me on this point. Children, this is really important. Wisdom is not about how old you are or how smart you are. It is about whether you are growing toward Jesus. The Bible even says that sometimes children are wiser than their parents because the children are trusting in the Lord when their parents have turned away from him. So please be encouraged. You too can become wise. There is much comfort here for anyone who needs it. But I think there are others of you here today who need to be challenged by this. You ought not to be comforted. You ought to be provoked. Maybe you've claimed to be a Christian your entire life, but you still haven't actually gone anywhere. Maybe you're the same person now that you were two years ago or three years ago or five years ago. Maybe you go to church because you have to, but your heart is not in it. You might even think you're a pretty nice person and you've got a lot going for you because you're making far better decisions than all the people who don't go to church at all. But you may need to hear this morning that you are not wise. You are a fool. Because you are no more mature than you once were. You are no closer to the Lord than you once were. You are exercising no more leadership than you have done before. You're not moving in any direction. With respect to Jesus, you have been standing still for far too long. And it's time today for you to get moving if you really want to experience eternal life with your king. Now, both of those groups of people, those who need comfort and those who need challenge by this, need to know one more aspect of this journey we call wisdom. So look at the final two statement in verse 6. You see, Solomon wants 
you to get moving. And what sort of help can you expect on your journey? Well, verse 6, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. This is great. Put this crazy sentence together between verses 1 and 6. It's all one sentence. And skip the stuff in the middle for now, the extra clauses, and you get this work of genius. The Proverbs of Solomon are to understand a proverb. Wow, thanks. It sounds stupid. It's like saying, it is what it is. But consider how critical this is. Here's what he's saying in verse 6. He's saying that the point of the book of Proverbs is for the wisdom found within this book to drive you right back into this book so you can constantly delve more of its depths. You will find the wisdom of God only as you stick your nose into this book of Proverbs. And I think we're justified in broadening that a bit more. That you will find God and his wisdom only as you stick your nose into this larger book we call the Bible. This is why our church is so committed to teaching the scriptures. This is why we hold small groups in homes where we study the Bible together. Wisdom must come from outside ourselves and it is to be found right in these pages. If you don't own a Bible, you are more than welcome to keep one of the church Bibles. Please, take it home with you. Read it. We encourage you to read it and ask any questions you have. So the main idea of verses 1 through 6 is simply to show us that wisdom is a journey. On this journey, you'll learn five things that match up with the five two statements. You'll learn right thinking. And proper labeling. You'll learn right living. Never ending progress. And an attachment to this book. That's my first point this morning. Wisdom is a journey. Not a destination. But that provokes an important question. Where is this journey heading? Wisdom can't just it doesn't just take us in any old direction you don't just pick and choose where you want to go so how do you know if you're on the right track and that's my my second and final point here this morning wisdom is a journey in the right direction look with me now at verse 7 the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, as we go through this book, we'll see that Proverbs has a lot to say about wise people and it has a lot to say about fools. And right here from the beginning, you need to know one critical thing about fools, which is that they despise wisdom and instruction. Now, why would people despise wisdom and instruction? What is there not to like? Why would someone hate such a thing? This book will tell us as we proceed through it that fools despise wisdom and instruction.
because they have decided that it is better to listen to themselves. They've got things already figured out for themselves. And because they're going to make it through life on their own without any help from anyone else, especially the Lord God. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They will not listen. They will not receive it. But the contrast to that in the first part of verse 7 is the beginning of knowledge. Let's say you're ready to give up your folly, your self-love, your self-interest. Let's say you're ready to embark on the journey of wisdom. You're ready to get moving in a direction. What direction should you take? What is the beginning of knowledge? Well, that first step, according to verse 7, is to fear the Lord. This means that you set your eyes on your Creator. You fix your gaze on the one who made you and sent his son to die for you. And you make a beeline for him as though your life depended on it. Because it does. It really does. When you start learning about wisdom, you realize that you have nothing inside yourself to offer to the Lord. Look within or be true to yourself could be just about the worst advice you could possibly listen to. That is the way of the fool who despises wisdom and instruction. The fool who wants only to follow his or her heart and fulfill his or her dreams. And according to the Bible, if you are looking for truth deep within yourself, you will never find it. Because the wise person knows that the Lord has dreams for her or for him that she could never dream for herself. That he could never dream for himself. The Lord has life, joy, and peace. And he's just waiting to dole it out to his children. <clears throat> the problem, however, is that wisdom by itself, is not sufficient to provide fullness of life, joy, and peace from the Lord. How do I know this? It's because the guy who wrote much of the book of Proverbs is identified in verse 1 as Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And the Bible tells us he was the wisest man to have lived in the ancient world. And yet, his wisdom could not save him from himself. In this very book, Proverbs 19, verse 27, Solomon wrote... Cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from words of knowledge. And yet the narrative book of Kings describes Solomon in his old age as failing to take his own advice. 1 Kings 11, 9 and 10. The Lord was angry with Solomon 
because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord commanded. So you see, wisdom as a body of knowledge is not enough. Wisdom as a personal character trait is not enough. And even if the wisdom of God were to become a social movement, it is not enough. What we most need is not an idea of wisdom, but a person of wisdom. Someone who can do for us what wisdom could only promise, but not completely deliver. Just as wisdom is a journey toward the Lord, we need someone to show us the way to truth and life. Someone who is himself the way, the truth, and the life. In the words of the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus Who became to us wisdom from God. So friend, if you wish to experience the life God has for you, I invite you to pursue wisdom. I invite you to pursue the Lord Jesus who died and rose again to bring you to God. I invite you to continue pursuing Jesus today Tomorrow and every day from now until your last day. And you know what? In order to do that, you're going to have to give up some things. We will explore them in the weeks to come as we work through this book together. But in every case, we will see that you will be giving up something inferior in order to gain that which is far superior. Turn your gaze away from yourself and away from your natural desires and fix it on the Lord Jesus who imparts his life to you. Through me this morning, God himself is pleading with you to do this. Fix your eyes on Jesus and pursue him because true wisdom is a journey, not a destination. It takes us away from ourselves and toward the Lord Jesus. And that's where we're going as we work through this book in the weeks to come. Please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we ask that you would please grant us wisdom. May we get a good look at Jesus. May we fix our gaze on him and trust him and seek him with all our being. May we take that next step this afternoon and this evening and tomorrow and the next day until the last day. 
Please wake us up, strengthen us, comfort us, provoke us to get moving toward you and not to keep standing still or to be running away from you in love of ourselves. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.